It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, welcome back everyone to Ausbiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. You have tuned into the call. 10 stocks picked by you. I put those stocks to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour. Henry Jennings and Andrew Weiland joining us on the panel today. Stock of the day though, let's kick off and get straight into it because it is earnings season. There's a lot to talk about. Stock of the day, Centre Group, uh, the Westfield owners here in Australia, um, has recorded 48, 41.8% drop in its annual statutory profit to $174.9 million, booking an unrealised $1 billion write-down on the value of its shopping centre portfolio. Despite the dip, company continues to flag another year of earnings growth, despite elevated interest rates weighing on consumers and pushing up its debt costs. Uh, funds from operations rose by 5.2% to just over a billion dollars. Let's bring in the panel. Henry Jennings from Marcus today joins us. Henry, what did, what did you think of Centre Group and the update? <laughs> well, I've got to say, Koshi, uh, Westfield is, uh, is is a Goliath, isn't it? Let's face it, it's a behemoth in uh, Australian shopping centres. It's um, pretty impressive. You know, that write-down, I'm not really sure at the end of the day, you know, it's unrealised valuation write-down. So I'm not sure anyone really cares, to be yeah. honest, because at the end of the day, it's not like they're going to sell uh, a Westfield shopping centre to somebody else. So uh, those movements up and down uh, don't really have a big effect. At the end of the day, you know, they got 99.2% uh, occupancy, uh, rent increases around 7.5%. And, uh, you know, everything looks good. It is a destination. It is becoming, you know, they're, they're obviously adding value in terms of uh, entertainment and uh, dining, etc. So it has become a destination. And we've seen in the last week or so in terms of corporate uh, retail profitability, you know, there's still people out there spending a lot of money. Yep. In, uh, in retail. I mean, it does depend on which retailer you are. Kathmandu, obviously, not quite such a success story as it has been in the past. But certainly, you know, the, the footfall traffic is good. Uh, everything is good about this. It is a function to some extent of uh, interest rates. And uh, those uh, REITs do tend to move in tandem or inverse, I guess, with uh, with bond yields. So the, uh, the higher the bond yield, the more the REITs come under some pressure. Uh, but at the moment, uh, you know, at $3.04, I think brokers have got a target, $3.30, $3.40. I'm sure they're going to warm to this result. We should see this one pick back up. They're safe. I mean, I was going to say safe as houses, but they're safe as Westfield, <laughs> let's face it. They are, you know, it, it's, it's tangible. You can see it. You can walk around them. It's a, it's, it's a good experience in the main. So uh, there's nothing to dislike about this one. Okay. So would you have it to buy at these levels or... Or it's a safe yeah, hold. I think so. Okay. I think I think it's I think it's a buy at these levels. Okay. You know, if we if we do see rate cuts come, uh, that's obviously going to help mm. the economy, help traffic. Uh, you know, rental they've got the power, haven't they? That's yeah. what I said. I'm, I'm I'm paraphrasing a, a song. Uh, they've got the power, 
they when, can really, mm. you know, you own 42 Westfield centres around Australia, you have that pricing power, don't yep. you? Yep, absolutely. It's not, un- it's not unlike Woolies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, say no more. Uh, let's bring in Andrew Weiland uh, onto the panel from uh, DP Wealth Advisory. Uh, Andrew, what was your view on centre? G'day, Koshi. G'day, Henry. Uh, look, it was a, uh, a, a vanilla result. Uh, no surprises. The market doesn't like surprises. Again, referencing Woolies and Mr Banducci uh, leaving suddenly. Uh, you know, markets don't take that news well at all. Whereas the, the centre result was certainly uh, a, a pretty good result. Um, as, as Henry said, I sort of came in at the tail end of, of Henry's um, uh, point relating to it being a destination. 500 million people a year visit, mm. well, 500 million visits a year, I should say, to West the 42 Westfield centres across Australia and New Zealand. So certainly they're doing all the right stuff. 99% occupancy. Uh, but you know what I'm going to say, Koshi. You've got to look at an ETF. Um, <laughs> no, probably, uh, probably the one to think about would be VAP from from Vanguard, right. and it literally just tracks the top mm. twenty nine REITs, including SCG. Oh. Uh, I do like the ticker, oh. if nothing else. Um, and it's up around. I'm going from memory here. It's up around thirteen percent over okay. the last six months, okay. and up eight percent over the last month. To Henry's point, because there's a view that interest rates are turning. Yeah. Yeah. and that these interest yeah. rate sensitive ones. But Koshi, is it a buy? Well, we, we'd have to start off the call with a double buy, wouldn't we? So yes, we'll why not? On this. Excellent. All right. Well, that that is a very good start to the show. Hey, let's look at uh, uh, the other five stocks we're going to take a look in this half hour. Uh, the BetaShares Technology ETF, Bailador Technology, uh, AVZ Minerals, uh, the iShares MSCI South Korea ETF, and Evolution Mining, and we've got Dom May coming up from um, uh, from Domino's. They res- um, put out their results today as well, so we'll cross to him when he comes up. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, the first uh, stock. And Fred asks, uh, I'd like to get the ETF Whisperer's thoughts on uh, ATEC ETF as an alternative for holding individual companies like Zero. Car Group, REA, PME, etc. I'd also like Henry's view on whether he'd prefer to hold these individual companies rather than this ETF and why. So it's a beta shares, S&P, ACX, ASX, Australian Technology ETF. Um, Whisperer, let's kick it off with you. Uh, I can actually almost answer Henry's side, but I won't do that. Um, certainly, <laughs> it's... Um, look... It's got some quality names in there, and I'm sure Henry will talk to those in a second, so I won't spoil that part. Uh, The last 12 months, it's up about 24%. It's a function of the names that are in there. But if we look at when it listed, I mean, the the big joke was that, uh, well, the big um, consideration, I should say, was when it listed, it almost picked the top of the market when COVID hit, and then it just sort of fell in a heap. Again, not a reflection of the issue naturally, and certainly not a reflection of the companies in the basket. It was just bad timing. Um, If you're trying to get exposure to Australian tech companies, but you don't know which one to buy across that eclectic mix, and Henry will talk about that in a second. This is a very easy way in which to do it. And it's a way in which to almost sort of manage that volatility rather than sort of some of these ones. I was looking at REA. I bought REA for um, my brother-in-law, in fact, I should say, uh, probably about four years ago and I paid 40 bucks. And what are they today? About 150, 160. So David, if there isn't a decent Christmas present coming this year, mate, watch out. <laughs> um, 
but you know that speaks to the volatility that you know these big moves the etf won't do the big move so in the context of the basket context of the quality of the business i like it um but i'll sort of do the segue for henry but you know they are quality businesses you know maybe you could pick two or three instead of doing it so i'd say this is a whole simply by virtue of the quality of the business in in the basket okay henry okay. Uh, henry what do you reckon well the whisperer is bang on as always let's face it uh, this is his uh, this is his territory you know it was unfortunate timing that they did launch this uh, probably at the what the time turned out to be pretty much the top of the uh, the tech market the problem with this one for a long time was the computer share was uh, a little bit down in the dumps mm -hmm. and uh, that has turned around and also the reliance on computer share because car sales is now the biggest component of this ETF followed by wise tech uh, both car sales which is now car group and WiseTech both uh, produce some pretty good numbers. Uh, Zero, it's got all the big names, and we don't have that many big names in Australia, let's face it, in terms of the tech sector. Yes, you could pick some out of this basket, the top 10 maybe. Uh, car sales, WiseTech, couple that spring to mind, the two big ones there, but also REA, uh, Altium as well, Next DC in the data center business. But for ease, let's face it, for ease, Buying the ATEC ETF is a pretty good way to go. It's mm. it's obviously been driven to an, a great extent by U.S. tech stocks. You know, Nasdaq goes up. We look around at our pretty pathetic tech sector, really, in all things considered, compared to the the behemoths that stride the globe in uh, in the U.S. Even our biggest one, Alassian, uh, didn't even list here, which is a big shame. But uh, you know, when you when you look at uh, what's happening in the U.S. and tonight, I guess. We're going to see Nvidia, which is going to be interesting, to say the least. But given that big run that we've seen in U.S. tech, plus of course the fears of uh, more rate rises, uh, that also has big effects on those DCF valuations in technology shares. So rate cuts, good for tech. Nvidia, Nasdaq, etc., good for tech. I'd be, it's it's run pretty hard. It may be a little frothy, but you know, given that Wise Tech's up today on some good results. Um, I, I think I'd probably be a, a, a small buyer here. Okay. But, uh, you know, tonight NVIDIA could drop 20% if it disappointed, mm. in which case this thing could uh, see a bit of a day of reckoning. So it is going to be volatile, but this is probably a less volatile way to pay and to buy Australian technology, I guess. Um, okay. I guess really and truly it's a hold. Right. Um, Today, a whole because of the volatility. Be, yep. A hold today, maybe a buy tomorrow, maybe a sell tomorrow. <laughs> But, you know, for, for now, probably the best bet is if you got it, you'd be holding it. Yeah. If you were looking at tech uh, afresh, this boat has sailed okay. a little bit. All right. Jumping on a moving train. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the run has been enormous. All right. Uh, let's get to the next stock on the list. And Henry, Chris wants a view on Bailador technology. Uh, Chris says... Um, if this is um, good from a long-term investment perspective, um, Bailador um, is like a, a technology fund, um, has stakes in the likes of SiteMinder, Straker Translations, InstaScripts. Insta so um, it's a, a listed investment company, if you like, in technology stocks, uh, both listed and private. Um, what do you reckon, Henry? Uh, well, I thanks, uh, Chris, for the question. I actually own this in uh, in our small cap portfolio here at Marcus ah. today. The, I guess the problem is that this is slow moving. 
And David Kirk is the uh, the man at one of the, oh, the founders of this fund. The ex-All Black. So right. it is probably being a little bit uh, unpatriotic to be supporting the All Blacks in this. But it, it's a slow moving. It's got a 5.2% yield. It's trading at a discount to net assets. The issue they've got, listed investments make up around 35, 36% of this thing, of which SiteMinder is by far and away the biggest thing. They have got a pile of cash uh, because they sold a thing called Instant Scripts. Uh, cash proceeds are around 52 million bucks from this. So the question is, what are they going to do with all the money? Mm. You know, they've got 36% of a technology fund in cash. Nice big fat dividend in theory, you know, annualized 5.2% yield. Um, they've got a lot of unlisted stuff, which is hard to, uh, hard to value, about 28% of that. And SiteMinder. Yep. I've only got seven, seven really, they've only got seven investments. So guys... You need to put the cash to work and you need to find something good to buy with it, Yep. not rubbish. Yep. Um, at the end of the day, it's an LIC trading at a discount. Uh, uh, but, you know, if, if technology rallies big time, who cares? Because this is lots of cash and mm. they need to put that to work. That just makes it harder for them because everything gets more expensive. Okay. So I, I hold it because of the discount. But, you know, having looked at it again this morning, you kind of think, well, put the money to work, guys. Yeah. Yep, that's a challenge. Uh, that is a challenge. Andrew? A good mate of mine refers to these type of companies as hot tub time machines. <laughs> Who's uh, that? <laughs> uh, certainly not you. Um, uh, joking aside, um, a very good friend of mine, Henry. Uh, look, it's I, I don't mind this one, but Henry's quite right. Like Markets don't like cash boxes. Yep. People can just put their money in their own bank account or building society mm. if they are still such a thing. They don't want to give it to a publicly listed company to pay their chief executive and, and board to do that on their behalf. So quite rightly, the market is pushing back on them, which is why it's such a deep discount to asset backing. Again, though, I, I take comfort in the fact that the chair and the CEO are both in there increasing their holdings, increased their holdings by about 7% each over the last 12 months. So that certainly is a positive. But these types of investments that they're making are high risk, high return. They either do incredibly well or incredibly poorly. So I'm happy with them being gun shy. But ladies and gentlemen, mums and dads, boys and girls, like you've got to get stuck into it. Yep. You've got to get stuck into it. That's what you're <laughs> engaged to do. So... I, I, I'm happy to stick a buy on it. I'm like mm. I've drunk something here. I'm sticking yep. buys on it here at the moment. Um, I'm happy to stick a buy on it, but just bear in mind what you're getting yourself involved in. So in other words, they sit on that cash for 12 months' time. Nothing, in 12 months' time, nothing's going to happen with the share price. They yep. really need to get okay. stuck to it. That right. discount gives you some comfort. Okay. Need to get a couple of investments there. Um I wonder if um, uh, Andrew will continue his buying streak on this next one. Uh, I might give it to you, Henry. This is uh, first up, though. This is sort of in your, as the uh, lithium whisperer. Uh, Robert, what's your view on AVZ Minerals? They have lithium and tin projects in the Congo. Any interest in AVZ? Well, the problem, Koshi, even if I did have any interest in AVZ, is it's, it's suspended. Right. Ah. So, so you can't do anything about it anyway. They've right. got some legal issues with the Manono, Manono project. They have been announcing a way 
Uh, they've been putting out announcements, no problem with that. Uh, the mineral resources increased 47%, 842 million tonnes. Uh, this is a lithium and tin project. They own 75% in theory, subject to legals, subject to... <laughs> so, okay. you know, right. it, 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 it makes it a bit tricky. Um, you know, they're still in arbitration, Um and they say, you know, it's without foundation, etc. Um, I'm not an expert in uh, Congolese um, <laughs> law, yeah, to be no, honest. No, you're an expert in Congo lines, but not Congolese law. I can, I can right. do I can do a Congo line I with the best can. of them. I, I have bet to say, you can. Actually. All I right. Andrew, any interest in AVZ minerals or a bit too hard? What he said. Yep. Even, if, even, if I, even if I had an interest... I can't. Probably the the most telling thing, Koshi, it's been suspended for 18 months. Right. Okay. If that's not telling you something. Yep. All right. Let's get on to the next one. James wants a view where Whisperer on the iShares MSCI South Korea capped ETF. And what an exciting ETF that sounds like. Um, (laughs) I... <laughs> I never thought I would hear a sledge from an ETF coming out of out of your mouth. Oh my God! Okay. Uh, look, iShares are great issuers. In fact, they've got three new ETFs out that look really interesting around factors. But we'll talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't mean everything that comes out is a is a winner. And I don't know. Like South Korea. I mean, it's obviously formerly a powerhouse from an economic point of view, because again, that's really what you're doing. You know, when you're buying something like this, like previously we've spoken about Japan and Henry and I both said that the um, uh, HJPN from beta shares was a buy and that's that's gone really well. So, you know, Japan, um, yes, South Korea, not so much. Um, and in particular, you know, they've got a big ageing population. One of the key things I took away from South Korea is they're actually closing their childcare centres and turning them into nursing homes. You know, that's wow. sort of a, a reflection mm. of what's going on with their population. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't other economies that are struggling with that whole sort of baby boomers. How are you going there, Koshi, by the way? We're um, dealing with the uh, baby boomers. <laughs> <laughs> um, missed you too. Um, but, yeah, not by much. If you look at the performance, the performance has been underwhelming and that's kind. It's up 2% for one year. It's up 3% per annum over five years. You've got big time concentration risk with Samsung. There are far more interesting Asian focused ETFs out there. We just mentioned HJPN. The other one that I think is starting to look interesting again is Asia. Oh. Uh, ASIA, which has had for, me- for the last couple of years has just been in the doghouse, but that one is starting to look interesting too, Asian technology companies. But I find it very hard to get um, excited about this one, Koshi, so it is oh, a okay. hold. Uh, are you excited about it, Henry? I'm as excited as Andrew is, I have to say. Not that excited. Uh, don't know much about South Korea. Never been, probably never will. Uh, 20% in Samsung. Yeah. No, okay. it's uh, it's a two hundred million dollar uh, ETF. Not really in my wheelhouse. If yeah, you know, but if you want to buy South Korea, knock your, If you want to buy Samsung, knock yourself out. And SK Hynix, knock yourself out. Okay, all right. Uh, let's turn our attention to gold now. And uh, uh, the next stock, Bob Bond's review, Henry on Evolution Mining, one of our biggest listed gold miners, uh, reported yesterday. I think didn't they? Uh, 
22nd consecutive year of dividends or something they were spooky about. Uh, what do you think of evolution? I must have missed the yesterday's announcement on evolution. They, they did put out their results on Valentine's Day, right. which unfortunately um, the market didn't seem to have a lot of love for them. More importantly, the quarterly that they put out at, uh, in January uh, really hurt them. Yeah, and this that. is, a, yeah, it's a bit of a misstep from Jake Klein, who is a pretty savvy operator. Most brokers have got to buy on this one. But he has, I guess, burnt through a little bit of his uh, trust capital, I guess. Uh, part of the problem was the, uh, the all-in sustaining cost uh, was uh, a, little bit, um, a little bit higher than I think some were going for. Also, they have had some production issues as well. They've got a strong balance sheet, lots of, uh, lots of cash, 191 million bucks in cash. So that's all good. You are pretty much reliant, as always, with gold stocks in terms of the bullion price driving it. You know, gold in Australian dollar. We have got a gold boom going on. Mm. I don't know anyone, anyone's ever told anyone this, but we have got a gold boom. Orica even bought a uh, cyanide uh, business this morning. Uh, they announced that with a $400 million placement uh, because they've worked out that there is a gold boom going on. Surprisingly, you know, Australian gold is 3100 bucks an ounce. Yep. So those are pretty elevated prices. So Evolution really has struggled a little bit. Jake needs to wave his magic wand and get his mojo back. Uh, most brokers have got uh, price targets in excess of where they are, but then they had that before the uh, the sort of the downgrade that we saw in January. I, I think around three bucks, this is a buy, but you've got to like the gold mm. price. You've got to assume that the U US is going to cut rates. The US dollar will come off. The gold price will edge higher. Uh, and you know, when you look at what Bitcoin's doing, which I riddle me that one, Batman, I still don't understand that. Maybe it's the halving. But uh, at three bucks, I reckon this is probably good value in terms of okay. big, solid gold mm. stocks, but they are cyclical. You've got to trade them. Yep, they're not set and forget. They're yep. not. They're not. I was going to say they're not woolies, but that's probably not set and forget anymore <laughs> no, either. No, not, and, not, and, not any day. And Andrew, evolution. Yeah, uh, probably the only other thing that um, I'd mention is that they're now about thirty percent exposed to copper. So potentially that's also what's got the market just sort of somewhat um, complacent at the moment. Uh, but they've been paying down debt. Uh, They've been sort of spending on money on capex, so to Henry's point around that sort of cost control piece. But yeah, certainly around that three dollar mark, it does look interesting. So why not? Let's, buy let's have you. another buy. Okay, all right. Uh, let's recap the uh, the first uh, stocks um, and two stocks of the day. Set a group of buy from Henry and Andrew. Uh, the Beta Shares uh, Australian Tech. Uh, ETF is a hold from both. Uh, Domino's, a nibble from both of them. Uh, Bailador, a hold from Henry, buy from Andrew. AVZ Minerals, no from both. Uh, South Korea ETF, uh, a hold from both. Evolution Mining, a buy from both. Here on the, uh, on the call, we've been following our own um, fantasy investment fund as picked by the investment committee. You can see the last investment committee meeting on the platform now, osbiz.com. Um, and uh, the February meeting challenger was sold and Santos 
added to the portfolio. Weightings of CSL and Macquarie reduced uh, and uh, the weightings of AUB and Croon Energy were increased off the back of that. And uh, the fund is up uh, almost 25% since inception. Uh, this half hour, the Global X Robo Global Robotics and Automation ETF. It's a mouthful. Uh, Aurora, AUB, Region and EZZ Life Science. Uh, Andrew Shaw wants a view on the Global X Robo Global Robotics and Automation ETF. You uh, almost ran out of breath there, Yep, Koshy. I did. Um, <laughs> look, it, everyone knows AI is a thing. It's just, is this the right ETF or there is another listed ETF, RBTZ, which is the better one? And to answer that question, Koshi, we turn our mind to our friends at NVIDIA. Uh, so if we have a look at, and you know, NVIDIA's result was out today and, you know, it's just to the moon as to what's going on with the share price. But in inside of this ETF, NVIDIA makes up Robo, uh, NVIDIA makes up 2% of ROBO, right. whereas over in RBTZ land, it makes up around 20% of that Ooh. ETF. Okay. So... Um, and NVIDIA arguably is probably the key player in this whole AI space. There's lots of other players, but, you know, they're right at the vanguard. They're right at the forefront relating to uh, AI and chips and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. I, 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 it's not, again, not a bad ETF. Uh, performances, as we can see on the screen, they're up about 11%, up 10% per annum over the last five years. But if you if you turn your mind to RBTZ, it's up 30% over the last 12 months, again, because of that heavy weighting to NVIDIA. And, you know, we're always very careful about concentration risk. But uh, I, I, in my own super fund and my own investments, RBTZ wins out over, over ROBO. Okay. So um, this okay. one is okay. If you're in there, no reason to sell it. Performance has been solid. But if you're really playing that thematic, then the key player is NVIDIA and you've got 2% there, you've got 20% over there. Yeah. You know, in Gee, for that's, a, in for a pound. that's an important differentiator, is it? Um, Henry? It, it's a massive important differentiator. Uh, let's face it, you know, if, if you've got that, this is a nice sort of diversified, they're not making any big bets on uh, any one particular stock. You look at the top 10 and they're all sort of one and a half, two percent of the ETF. So you're not making any big bets. You're just making a thematic bet on Robocop uh, in terms of uh, this 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 ETF. So that that's good. But as Andrew says, if you want a little bit of um, spice in your life, then uh, RBTZ is going to mm. give you far more volatility. Ask me this question tomorrow after the NVIDIA results. But, you know, all things being equal, NVIDIA has, has been the massive, massive growth engine in the U.S. market this year. It has been astonishing. Uh, it will at some stage start to end in terms of their growth profile. And we will see it trickle down into companies that are actually are making revenue, real revenue, that is, rather than just bombarding me on Instagram with ways to make me look more handsome with AI. Uh, but they will be making real revenue out of the software that they are developing using the NVIDIA chips, because that, that's going to be the next, uh, the next sort of uh, wave right. of winners. It's going to be those companies that are using the chip 
to make revenue, not just NVIDIA making lots of money by flogging them the chips. Yep. So um, nothing wrong with Robo. Uh, the uh, RBTZ obviously gets you a lot more bang NVIDIA right. bucks for your money. Okay, so you prefer the other one as well. Uh, Zach wants oh. to be... Lots of you, Henry, on Aurora, the big global packaging group, uh, had a poor day yesterday. Um, shares down 6.5% yesterday on, on the back of their result. Yeah, I mean, it didn't have a great result yesterday, let's face no. it. But the, the stock has basically tracked sideways for six months. Yep. And then all of a sudden, at the end of January, it started to pick up. Uh, went from $2.60. This is not the most volatile of stocks. It's not the most volatile of businesses, I guess, uh, packaging, uh, and not the most exciting, certainly not as exciting as NVIDIA. But, uh, but it went sideways for a long time, picked up uh, ahead of the results. The results came out, and it came back to where it started the run up. Um, it, it, there's nothing wrong with it. They've made a big acquisition with Saverglass, um, and that seems to be going relatively okay. Uh, that uh, acquisition did knock them down into that sort of $2.60 level, which is where they are. I've got no problems with this one, but it's not going to build you a fortune. Um, you know, it, it's a hold here at $2.60. Maybe it was a bit hard done by yesterday, but then given that it ran up into the results, maybe it was kind of justified back mm. here, probably stay here for another six months give or take 15 cents okay uh andrew yeah look it's a bit vanilla koshi uh says the etf whisperer who pushes ETFs because they don't have volatility um it's uh it's a bit vanilla so um look the pe is undemanding at 12 times uh and in particular if you look at that forecast earnings per share growth if management can sort of uh, get their act together but you know as we just saw that chart looks pretty ordinary and they really are hostage to consumer sentiment. So if consumption sort of comes off the boil and people aren't sort of, you know, using their packaging or the, the products involved with their packaging, then that's going to be a challenge for them. So it's a halt. Okay. All right. Um, next one, Andrew, Tom wants a view on AUB, the big insurance broking uh, network. I, I like this business. Um, the market, though, is probably a little bit torn because of uh, the result yesterday, but in particular that recent business they bought, that Tizer, I think I'm saying that right, that Tizer business, and um, that which was the, the Lloyd's broking business, and um, there were some sort of surprise costs that were sort of coming out of that business. The market was probably a little bit concerned about that, but basically they're an insurance broker, over half a million clients, a million policies served, um, it's got a good return on equity. It's got a strong margin. In my, you know, if I'm playing the insurance game, I would much rather own a broker than the actual underlying insurer. Mm. Um, albeit Suncorp got the get out of jail with uh, with ANZ. They did a great job of making that banking business look amazing, and ANZ paid top dollar for that, which why ANZ share price copped it yesterday, and Suncorp's went through the roof. But coming back to AUB, uh, I, I quite like it. I think it's a buy. A buy at five-year highs. Um, what do you reckon, Henry? And and I suppose a question: AUB v Steadfast. Do you have a oh. reference? Because they um, both I, do the same I, thing. They both do do the same thing. I I, I remember Tizer from my um, youth in the UK was a soft drink, mm. um, but but clearly spelt differently. Uh, the this is a, we we've got this, I believe, Koshi in the investment 
at uh, the yes. fantasy investment portfolio. We've added it in recently. Uh, I don't mind this business. You've got to look at the insurance sector generally it has been quite robust to say the least and we have seen and every time i open my renewal notices uh, we do seem to see a nice big fat increases mm. in uh, in premiums across the board and insurance is is one of those things whether it's home and contents your house your car your boat your life your pet it just seems to be go and uh, check it you've got a Simple. Shop around. I'm, I, see, yes. I'm, giving you, I'm, giving, I'm giving you a free hit here, Koshi. <laughs> well, I I'm, would, just, I'm uh, just lobbing it in the I air. Would, you can, you can I, bat it back. I, don't, I was with a family yesterday in Canberra going through all their bills. Their yep. car, car insurance up 27%. And yep. on the statement said, and that includes your loyalty discount. Yes. Thought, so, and, and you go and check it out. And there were similar, similar policies for a third less. I know, I know. It's uh, I, it it's always amazes. It, of course, it's a rort. We know that it's because we're we're you know we're predominantly quite lazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get the email through from your insurance company saying your premium this year will be. Yeah. And uh, you're right, loyalty discount, wonderful. How good is that? Your no claims bonus, etc. You know, it's great. I, I wish companies would reward loyalty as opposed to try and reward new customers yeah. uh, for their new customer. It's just rubbish, isn't it? Yep. But, but these guys, back to AUB, doing well. It's, uh, it, it's you know, it's QBE's had an almighty run. Results out as well. Didn't surprise, which was a surprise. Uh, AUB has done well. It's definitely a hold here. It's had a pretty good run from 27 bucks yep. up to $32. So these things... These things don't get cheap. You're, you're paying for quality. But given that we do tend to see outperformance in the next quarter for companies that report well, you know, quality, cream, et cetera, they yep. do rise. I would be a, a, certainly a hold, a big time hold here. No reason to sell this. But if you're coming to it fresh, maybe try and find a moment of weakness right. where the share price does come off a little bit uh, for whatever reason. Maybe NVIDIA infects the whole market tomorrow. Um, so, uh, you know, but uh, it, it's a great company, beating expectations, a pretty good result, a great business to be in. Insurance costs are going up. These guys win always. Like, um, are you with Andrew, you prefer a broker to the insurance company? Because the broker basically just clips the ticket on that higher premium price and has none of the risks, do they? They're way no, less complicated. Way, le way less complicated, uh, I guess, you know, when you've got Suncorp selling their banking business, hopefully, I mean, there's still a few hurdles to go, the treasurer could say, uh, yet. Uh, so hopefully they will sell that, in which case they will become a, a very focused insurer. Maybe that will bring some competition to the market. Let's face it, most of the insurance companies uh, in Australia masquerade as something else. Uh, you know, when you look through who owns which brands, yep. uh, yes. that you know, there's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of brands that IAG, that Suncorp and QBE all own, uh, which is a bit like the funeral business. You, th you think you're dealing with uh, somebody small, but they're backed by big guys, and that's the nature of the business. Uh, I, I think you know it, it's probably a safer way to go, right. to be honest. But okay, uh, yeah, AUB right. for. All right, next talk, uh, Andrew. We had Centre Group at the uh, at the top of the hour. Catherine, excuse me, wants um, a view on Region, which has a portfolio of of smaller shopping centres, suburban and regional so shopping centres, rather than the big Westfields. 
Yeah, so again, for those playing at home, this actually was spun out of Woolies. There we go again, mentioning Woolies. Um, they're very topical on many different fronts at the moment. Um, and so this basically operates 93 properties. And Woolies, not in all cases, but in a number of cases, is sort of the predominant anchor tenant. And then you've got your news agent and you've got your chemist and you've got, you know, sort of all those uh, non-discretionary businesses or non-discretionary retail businesses that sort of hang off it. Uh, they've got around 2,100 tenants. Uh, food and liquor makes up around 31%, healthcare 21%, and then other services around 18%, 98% occupancy, pretty low gearing at around that 30%, and that whale, that weighted average lease to expiry is around five years compared to centre, which from memory is around three years. Uh, management's been adding to their holding, as you know, that's a, that's a green light for Andrew. Uh, and yet the, talking about myself in the third person, that's not strange, and yet the um, share price down 7 7% for the year, not surprising given what's happening with REITs at the moment. So I, I don't mind this one um, because, as you're saying, Koshi, it's that more, I'm just thinking about my own, it's not owned by region, but it's literally like 500 metres up the road. It's just much simpler to go there to get takeaway or to get, you know, my three hairs cut or whatever the case may be. So they're quite defensive. So uh, why don't we just continue with the run of buys and okay. say this one is buying. Oh, well. gee. Uh, he's in a good mood, Henry. What about you? Um, I'm sorry, I can't put a buy on this one, only, only because it, it's just, you know, it's it's a bit like BWP in some respects. You know, these guys uh, came out of the Woolies. Uh, BWP is the Bunnings uh, side of things in terms of uh, Bunnings st- shop, well, warehouses that it owns in a, in a property trust. It's, it's, I've got to say, it's, it's pretty hard to get excited about this one. I hadn't even heard of it till, uh, till it popped up on the, uh, the email from Rima. So, uh, it, it's very hard to get excited about this. This trades in a trading range from two dollars ten to two dollars thirty-five. Here we are at two dollars twenty-four. Okay. <laughs> knock yourselves knock yourselves out. All right. Better opportunities elsewhere. Um, oh, la, yeah. la, last stock, uh, Anthony wants a view on EZZ Life Science. Anthony says, seems well run, uh, growing and reinvesting into the business. It's in, um, in supplements and, uh, and skincare products. Henry, what do you reckon? Uh, what do I reckon? I reckon this is another one of these that trade by appointment. Right. It has got oh, yeah. zero liquidity. Um, it's got a $21 million market cap, of which Macquarie owns 40% of it, which oh. they must be banking on to make a fortune out of this. I think they're going to do far better out of Air Trunk. Um, I've got to say, uh, when I looked at this one, because I, I wouldn't normally look at this one, because part of the fact the chart looks pretty awful uh, and there's no volume in it, but when you look at it in terms of the current director's holdings, uh, Glenn Cross, he's, he's had a real go at this one. He owns 40,000 shares, Woo-hoo, which he only bought last year. <laughs> and Ivan Osri owns a massive 10,000 shares, which again, he bought last April. So these guys are just, you know, they're putting their money where their mouth is as far as directors go. Um, it doesn't trade. It's got two big shareholders. JNJ Mook has 26.5%. Um, all the numbers can be fine, but it's a $21 million stock that doesn't trade. Um, yeah, Don't it's, get it's, caught. It's, all right. Andrew? Yeah. This is the quintessential crab pot. 
you know, <laughs> somewhat easy to get into, very difficult to get out of. $5,000 a day trades on this, Koshin. Oh, wow. $5,000 oh, wow. a day. So... Look, I can think of lots of reasons not to be there. I could play the geopolitical risk card where a lot of their revenue comes from China. Now, again, a lot of BHP's revenue comes from China. You could sort of apply that same lens there. But BHP is however many tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars relative to a $22 million market cap here. So... No, thanks. No. Okay. All right. Let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. The uh, robotics ETF, a hold from both Andrew and um, and Henry. They both prefer RBTZ, which has um, a much bigger holding in NVIDIA. Uh, Aurora, hold from both. AUB, hold from Henry. Uh, buy from Andrew. Region, buy from Andrew and a no from Henry and uh, both of them say avoid life sciences. Uh, Henry Weiland uh, from, um, Andrew Weiland, I should say, from uh, DP Wealth Advisory. You're like <laughs> wins. You know, I, we are. I mix you up. Um, good to see you, mate. That is the best, that is the best compliment <laughs> I've had all day. Thanks, Does that make me Danny DeVito? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. All right, Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Good to see you as well. Thanks for joining us. All right, Thanks, uh, that's it for us. We got through a hell of a lot today. I think it was 12 stocks all up uh, with a couple of CEO interviews. It is earnings season. You get the decision makers here on Ausbiz, and that's why you don't want to miss a minute of it. Uh, if you've got any stocks you want us to cover here on the call for me to put to our expert panel, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks or um, tweet us on X using the at TV handle. Um, see you for the call same time tomorrow. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.